Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm Johnny Venerable. That's Bo Brock. That's Damian Anderson. We are back, gentlemen. Round two. Live yesterday, live today's training camp rolls on for the Arizona Cardinals. And we're feeling good ahead of Baltimore, Bo. Yeah, we absolutely are, especially when we're going to get a first glimpse of the top draft pick for the Arizona Cardinals. I'll be at the second round. Trey McBride, Cliff saying today, Damian, that uh, he's playing. He's playing. So we're going to see number 85 out there, Ocho Cinco for the Arizona Cardinals and see what this uh, top playmaking tight end can do out there for the cards. Well, hopefully he can play like Chad Johnson <laughs> and go and make some plays. But I, I know, I mean, with anticipation, being a second-round pick, I mean, guys, we talk about this. There's a lot of expectations on him. But I wouldn't say that it's more than than warranted, right? I mean, this team is heavily loaded. We've talked about it extensively at the wide receiver position. I think having Zach Ertz there uh, subdues some of that pressure. Um, one thing that I I heard one of one of the players that I played with that's now in the direct, you know, part of the directors is uh, Quentin Harris, and they they talked about drafting him and wanting to see him. You know that not not wanting to see him, but his ability to pass block. And while that's cool and all, I just want to see his athleticism out there one on ones against linebackers. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see him play. Picking spreads, hey, what's up, man? Picking spreads, fan of the show, fan of PHNX Cardinals. Uh, I got duped into a fake Jaguar account earlier today while you guys were out being productive. Uh, somebody had cropped the Jaguars like at transaction lists. It looked legitimate and said that we've signed. And Dominican Zoo, and I'm like, oh, not an option for the Cardinals. They never really had any interest. And then later, you know, I had to admit that it was a fake account picking spreads uh, through some Jaguar fans, and then they came after that, that's Jaguar two times fans. this year. That's- <laughs> I got to be more. It looked real. It looked real, and now I'm mad at Jaguar faithful. Come on, now I'd expect that from Niner fans, not Jaguar fans. What's up, Kyle? Hey, Bo. How has JJ Watt been looking in training camp? Is he healthy? Good question. Yeah, he is healthy. Today was a heavy vet day, though. It was uh, we didn't see very many veterans out there. We even saw uh, not not a whole lot of Kyler Murray. It was install day today, so it was pretty much seeing the guys that we're going to see on Sunday play against the Baltimore Ravens. So Trace McSorley assumed QB one. We only saw a little bit of Kyler Murray. Uh, he didn't even really get back there with the ones. It was all Trace and Jared Garantano, and uh, we we didn't see JJ Watt today, but he's been healthy. Look, I mean, he's been healthy and. 
debunking, you know, a lot of people criticizing JJ Watt and his inability to to stay on the field football field. And JJ's been very, you know, transparent and uh truthful about his, you know, his struggles with that, especially the last couple seasons. So yeah, JJ Watt looks healthy, probably won't see him the entire preseason. And Johnny, I mean, that was something that was brought up today when we talked to Hollywood Brown. And and I know that you're a big proponent of we don't need to see these guys. I don't care if they're making their you know Cardinals debuts on September 11th. You think that this preseason stuff is more just what Cliff sees it as an evaluation for the younger players. Yeah, and truth be told, like Damian can speak to that better than I can, having been in the NFL. But I, here's what I would say: uh, guys with proven track records, especially guys who have mileage on their body, like JJ Watt. Like I get last year, it was a bummer. He got hurt right away. The conditioning drill. He was out for most of the preseason. Trying to ingratiate himself with a new team, learn the defense. I get all that. Like this year, Watt should not play until September 11th. He should be put in bubble wrap. He keeps himself in tremendous physical condition. I mean, the, the Cardinals, gentlemen, are are banking on some older players to play key roles again. Rodney Hudson, AJ Green, JJ Watt, and at like 70 to 75 percent is what we need over the course of 17 games. Like of their peak self, I mean. We, we're not expecting, you know, outright Pro Bowl seasons, especially from Watt and A.J. Green. But I just you let the young guys fight it out. You let the Greg Dorches of the world prove themselves. You let, you know, the Victor Dumacages come out and do what they did Friday night. And again, I go back, Damian, to, to my consistent messaging as it relates to Cliff Kingsbury, how he runs practice. And I'll, I'll knock on the biggest thing of what I can find. He is somebody who runs a light camp. Typically, the Cardinals are not associated like with these other teams with a bunch of injuries, and they always come out and they play really well at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's something to be said about that. It's about a balance, guys, right? But at the same time, when you have that investment in each player, you know, millions upon millions of dollars, the risk isn't worth the reward to play guys in the preseason. I think it's about timing, right? Maybe if you give them a series or two just to maybe get the psychological impact in there. But I'd really leave it up to the discretion you know, of the, of the player, right? Like if this is something you want to do week by week, but I think that they're taking a, you know, cautious approach to preseason. They know that guys are probably roughly getting five, $600 a week for this time. Doesn't really mean anything. They get, you know, it's like going live at practice during full go up periods or just, you know, stay up periods. So when it comes to playing in a preseason game, Johnny, as you mentioned, it's for those guys that are in those positional battles. And that's why Damien, they shouldn't take a, they shouldn't take it away, right? Do you agree with like they should have some sort of a preseason? Yeah, absolutely, because you have to evaluate. I think it's definitely mm-hmm. it's important uh, coaches for to evaluate against real competition. You can only do so much, right? And that's limited, and it keeps the fans engaged and gives every you know that whole life cycle, right? From player to fan, it gives players an opportunity to 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 prove themselves, make a team, and it gives fans opportunity to go to the game, right? And throughout this process, you got to have evaluation periods, and that's what the three preseason games, three, three preseason games represent. Bo, the Cardinals cut a linebacker today. People in the chat want to know, does that mean that we are trading for Roquan Smith? I think that's a hard (laughs) yes. I'm going to go ahead and have you confirm that right now on the pod. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Actually, let's, let's debunk that right now. I mean, Jesse Lumiere, who played very well against the Bengals. He did. He was great. You're probably well. What gives? Why? Why did he get released? I bet they're doing Lumiere probably a favor here, Damian. I think he's probably they 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 see the numbers game and he's not going to make the roster and they're giving him a chance to go out there and, and probably find a spot elsewhere. That's 
that's probably what's going on with with Lumiere, who, by the way, his name it, it sounds a lot like Jesse Smollett, the uh, the disgraced actor from that, that big scandal. I was going to say Lum- Jet- Lumiere from uh, Beauty and the Beast, the, the candlestick. I want to get okay. to this comment here because this is funny. Tyler Brenson in the chat. Are we ever going to sign a cornerback? Oh man, Tyler, I think you know the answer to that question. And then Abbott seven 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 Benson, don't get hopes up. Whoever we will get will be quote ass. And uh, <laughs> we talked about that at nauseum, gentlemen uh, and ladies. That we're at the point now where I mean we don't expect a big trade. We expect fifty uh, three man roster cuts and for them to claim people. Um, and you know the, the roster is set. The good news though is it looks like guys like Josh Jackson, Bo having a good camp. Uh, potential almost pick six today. So there's some some positives, but it is concerning. I I do think the defensive side is the side that remains in flux. Feels like the offense is set. Yeah, I mean the the offense they're just trying to figure out what the uh, the playmaking room looks like uh, outside of you know the top four wide receivers and your tight ends and and of course that running back room that we keep talking about. You know where does Keontae Ingram fit? Where does Jonathan Ward fit? You know are they going to carry five six guys? Uh, that's those are the remaining questions as far as the offense. The defense is completely, you know, open as far as you know linebackers and the pass rushers go in that cornerback room. Um, you know, could could they have been opening up a spot to to sign one of the cornerbacks we've seen already cast off from other teams? It's possible because they don't have to get down the, the roster anymore for what another week, Johnny, and then yeah. then it's final cut down day. So yeah, they're they're probably going to try to get somebody in here to at least work out. You know, is is it a DeAndre Baker situation? They freed up a roster spot, I think, to fill a roster spot. I just don't think you're going to be uh, happy with, you know, the final result. It's not going to be a big splash name. I, I, I can't imagine yet. But, yeah, I, I don't. Th- I think they're going to roll and evaluate with the guys. They, they've got to figure out, you know, is Josh Jackson, is he somebody that can is, is capable of playing significant snaps? You know, going from second-round pick to kind of a bust for the Packers and, and then also a guy like Christian Matthew – who it comes out of Valdosta State, and I, and we heard from Christian today, and it, it's just really interesting. I wanted to be like, who is your damn mentor in 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 the locker room? Like, it's such a young room, Damien. It's like Byron Murphy Jr. and Antonio Hamilton are the old heads, and they've barely been in the league four or five seasons. Yeah, I mean, you just have to remember what got you there, right? As a player, whatever those foundational principles. Being prepared, being prepared, performing, and protecting your job. <laughs> I mean, as, as a player, that's all you can do. And I think in, in terms of watching guys like Byron Allen, I mean, Byron Murphy, they may have obviously more grace and have more freedom to do things or take days off, right? You don't have that luxury. So you have to go out there, play hard every day, earn the, the coach's trust and your player's trust so they feel comfortable putting you in the football game and not to mention making plays, right? Everyone on that football field is expected to do their job foundationally, then make plays as well because you don't want to just do your job and let, let opposing quarterbacks and receivers catch passes or throw balls on you and you make tackles. You're like, hey, you know, 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, but you have to be able to anticipate you know, get PBUs and or get interceptions and feel like the the Cardinals have value when you're playing. But guys, I know that we're talking about this discrepancy or this the issues or the uncertainty with the defense, right? But I think that's almost uh, it's almost expected. You know, look at the spending yeah. offensively. Look at the cap space available and the lack thereof of intentions to sign someone defensively and the lack of lack thereof of spending. I know some guys in the chat yesterday uh, mentioned. You know, a lot of guys are in their rookie deals, but you just mentioned. Uh, obviously Marcus Golden being a being on a cost friendly 
price to the club. JJ Watt, not sure what the you know what his contract is at the latter part of the year, but you got Jalen Thompson on a rookie deal. Budu Baker's been re-signed, so there's some pieces there. And you would think, I, to me, it shows me that they feel confident in what they have, and that whatever's out there, guys, it's not better than the current roster that they have. It just feels like Damian and Bo, they've been burned by guys in the past, like a Jordan Phillips, where they go out and they spend money and they, you know, you're only going to get a Jordan Hicks once in a blue moon, right? And everybody wanted to bench Jordan Hicks after his first two years, including myself. Like, it's about as good as it gets in free agency. You know, outside of a Chandler Jones trade, I mean, most of the guys that the Cardinals have had that have been all-worldly defensively, they have drafted and developed from Patrick Peterson, Darnell Dockett, Calais Campbell, um, you know, Carlos Dansby. Well, I mean, well, Dansby came back, no? John he did. Abraham he did. He, he went and got that South back. Beach money, and then yeah. came back, and then and then went to Cleveland, and then came back again. But so I, talk, yeah, we've talked it, about Johnny. I, I think that that they've done a good job finding pieces over the years in re, guys re, resurrecting their careers. I mean, we, I, you know, we just talked about John Abraham, Carlos Dansby, and I know that there's a couple other players as well that don't necessarily hit it home here and, and hit it home elsewhere. I mean, we saw that with the Cardinals, you know, first round pick from either from a school back East and got paid. Um, what did he go to? Was it Carolina or something? Who, who am I thinking? Hassan about? Reddick. There we go. Hassan yeah. Reddick. So, I mean, that happens, you know, I, I'd wonder what his success rate is. Steve Kahn. I think we've talked about it in terms of roster picks over the years. I think he's really good at, at drafting defensive backs. Tyron Matthew, Byron Murphy, I think he can yeah. draft guys who can cover Jalen Thompson. I think he struggles with front seven players outside of pass rusher. Here's something for front seven. Tyler Benson asking, Ball, I'll let you take this one. What's all? What's your all's honest take on Nick Vigil, the free agent signing from uh, Minnesota, more than likely starting? You think he fills Hicks' spot, as we were just mentioning, Jordan, or is it a major drop-off, Bo? Uh, yeah, I think Vigil probably cracks the starting lineup to to start things out, but he's he's a two down guy. He's not going to be somebody you're going to see play all three downs and being a guy that's going to be Jordan Hicks. They're different players, completely different players as as far as what they're going to command playing time wise. But I think as far as what they want to do defensively, it's going to be Zayvon Collins is going to be the key cog in the middle of that defense, and then Nick Vigil will help as far as the sideline, the sideline kind of uh, off the ball linebacker spots. So. Yeah, and, and and we'll see what the star linebacker position looks like once the you know the, the the cloak of you know trying to disguise everything before the regular season for Isaiah Simmons. But yeah, Nick Vigil, I think he's in a it's it's his job to lose. He probably won't even have an opportunity to really truly lose it in the in preseason. Brother Numsey in the chat says, I rewatched the game. Collins really looked like he didn't want it. And I, I think that was the initial takeaway. Uh, Brother Numsey from a lot of us is just like underwhelming. And then you go back and he did some good things, but it's he's not a, a flashy player right now. I think they brought in Nick Vigil for the purpose of trying to help him get over that hump. But no one and Zavin shouldn't look at this either. Like Nick Vigil shouldn't be a threat to Zavin Collins, whereas Jordan Hicks right now make an argument is a better football player in a lot of different ways than Zavin Collins. So they so they let Jordan Hicks go. They save some money. They're not paying Nick Vigil anything. And so here's another veteran we can put in the room with Zavin, somebody that can start with our base defense, but it's showcasing it to Zavin. Like, this is your position group, and we've seen it during training camp, Bo and Damian, where it's like he's leading the position drills with the linebackers. He's, by and large, the most athletic linebacker, if we're assuming Isaiah Isaiah Simmons plays a different position altogether. It's Zavin. But 
it's like the mental aspect is, I think, so immense that it doesn't allow him to play free and easy. And as a result, Damon, you get the product of what we got on Friday night. Absolutely. Uh, when, when you always say, you know, paralysis by analysis, Johnny. I, and it, and I don't know. I, I think that you look at him and he's everything that you want. If you created a linebacker or a football player, I think it would be the ideal player is yeah. David Collins. It's, he's what it looks like. And there can be so much, you know, those are, yeah, intangibles. But at the end of the day, he has a, he's hired to do one job. It's not to lead drills. It's not to look good in pads. It's to be a leader of that defense and be the first-round draft pick that make plays. Let's just call it what it is. He's expected to make plays, disrupt offenses, anticipate what's going on, and be a leader of that defense. That's the expectation you have of your middle linebacker being drafted in the first round, you know, one of the top 20 players. Tackles right? for loss, sacks, picks, pressure. Yes. Just causing – like you watch Fred Warner play the Cardinals every year, and he just mm-hmm. it causes chaos. Same thing, Navarro Bowman. Yeah, problem. the Cardinals haven't had somebody like that for a long time. And and it's yeah. funny, like they keep they keep taking swings, and you can't force – it's just going to have to come organically. It, it's got to be – There's there's got to be some sort of uh, – something going on as far as how the position is scouted. I, I was watching the Hard Knocks last night, and they had uh, Malcolm – Rodriguez, who's like this six-round middle linebacker that's making a, a big, you know, all the all the coaches are turning their heads watching this kid practice. He just seems to practice the right way. And they said at that position, an off-the-ball linebacker, they'd never seen him a player in five years in Detroit make a play that this guy Rodriguez made. And they were shocked by it. And I think that you're probably seeing this around the league. It's just one of a lost art as far as playing that. That position. I mean, we know about Bobby Wagner's. We know about you know uh, Fred Warner's. Like all the guys that kind of stand out. But then I think there's a big drop off as far as being able to play that position and play it at a high level. Uh, yeah. I will say this about Zayvon. Yeah, go ahead, Da. No, no, I was, I was going to say, Bo. There's so much importance that the, that we as the media or even fans don't understand about being a student of the game. And I think that that's yeah. what you're explaining about Rodriguez, Bo. And just to me, it's just anticipation knowing your job, knowing the expectations, like being a student, studying. And I don't know if it's a disconnect between the coaching staff and being able to teach or, you know, the ways, right? There's several different teachers and there's ways in which different people absorb that information. So maybe Zavin and the, and the position coach aren't connecting with what they, you know, what whatever the process is. But uh, unfortunately, he's the boss, he's the player, and that's what they have right now. And he's we gonna find out if he could figure it out and and progress throughout the year. And I don't, I wouldn't put that much pressure on preseason games. I mean, I hope he continues to get better. But I think yeah. the real test, obviously, September left, September eleventh against the you know the Kansas City Chiefs. Johnny, to answer ninety-one Claycomb in our in our chat here, saying you know we're overreacting as far as the little middle linebacker spot goes. Um, I, I, I'll say this: like just watching Zavin in, in practice and rewatching the film. If once he turns the corner, if it happens, he's going to be a beast. He's going to be an absolute beast. And, and we, we see game record about Roquan Smith in there. Like, Zayvon Collins can reach that level. No doubt about it. Like, Guys, he I'm, has I'm gonna like. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to raise my hand yeah. on this one. I got a comment on 91 Claycomb. Uh, guys, did he not play linebacker in college? He did. did he, I, so it's still reading and reacting based on what the offensive line does, right? So it's not like he's playing a brand new position. Sure. 
He wasn't a, a middle linebacker. He was a will linebacker in a 4-3 or a 3-3, but he still stood up and had the – he won the Buckus Award. Right. He was the nation's top linebacker at the collegiate level. Not unlike so, Simmons, who play all over the place. Right. I, I mean, we, we we get the Swiss Army knife, who may have some difficulties because coaches can create packages for S- Simmons, right, in college. Hey, when they do this, you do this. When they do this, when they do that, you do this. So, I mean, I understand that. And pro- possibly being at a school like Tulsa, being that size and just letting them run free, John Imbo, that can be what happened. Like, a guy being that much physically dominant that there wasn't really a lot of – you know, well, coaching foundational work going on, and that's maybe why the the transition's been so difficult for for Isaiah. So right, somebody sorry. told me, somebody told me on the sideline. I'm not going to say who because I'm not going to out them. Uh, when we were watching practice, said the same thing about Zayvon, is that when he was mm-hmm. at Tulsa, he was just bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else, and could play instinctually and just dominate. And his mistakes weren't as glaring because he was just a physical specimen. Because it's right. Tulsa. He was because he's six five. You know, 260 and should have been playing, you know, down the road at, at Oklahoma, right, for uh, for Kyler Murray's alma mater. But he wasn't. So he's, he was kind of racking. And that's that's always the concern when you take these small school guys. Will it translate? But, Bo, I do feel like with the Hassan Reddick comparison, I think that's probably the, the most fair when you think about he, he was overwhelmed his first couple of years in the NFL. And then he had a position change. But the light bulb turned on in year four at after, you know, being at Temple and this, that, and the other. Like, I feel like Zavin could be on the same kind of trajectory. I just hope the Cardinals yeah. put him in a better position to succeed. I think and, they and are. Johnny, oh, sorry, sorry, Bo, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they are. I mean, I see Arizona Animal in the chat as well saying, you know, they need to take a little bit off his plate, you know, calling plays. And I see him out there in practice, and he, he's getting a defense set, and it doesn't seem like – I think he's come a couple – uh, steps further from where he was, where we were concerned at the beginning of training camp. I mean, this is a very, this is a, a young guy. He's, he's just entering his second season. I, I should say that a lot of us need to, you know, maybe have a little bit more patience with Zayvon Collins. I mean, it's, it's going to take time for him to develop, but you know, he's, he, he kind of got a wild streak to him and, and that's going to be fun to see. Like if, if, if it ever clicks for him, because it's going to be scary for opposing offenses to know, like, maybe you don't want to turn the corner on a guy like Zayvon Collins because he's going to put somebody on their ass. And, you know, I liked when he was playing with a little reckless abandon and that's the whole thing. It's like, if he can just react out there, you're putting him in the best position to succeed. And if the Arizona Cardinals can harness that in any way, I think he's going to be making an impact somehow, you know, you know, potentially 17 games this season. Well, guys, do you think, <laughs> Johnny, do you think that that's, I mean, I know that you talked about the trajectory similarity between him and Hassan Reddick. Do you think it's that they should do that, make that move sooner or later? I mean, I feel like they, before they, the season, I think I wrote, they should. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I wrote an article, gophnx.com, shameless plug, 99 cents <laughs> for the first month, uh, that they should have moved him to outside linebacker uh, during the offseason. And, you know, it, and that, that was when I. You? They didn't listen. No, they didn't. I was still under the impression, too, that Simmons was going to play there exclusively. But when they made Simmons this new position that's more so in the secondary, I knew then they're not going to move him. But I think about what he did against Dallas last year. I think that his skill set translates really well to somebody. And he may not have natural pass rush moves. But what but for the defense? Go. Yeah, and he's ter- ter- terrific against the run. Like, he gave Tyrone Smith, or not Tyrone Smith, uh, ta- Dallas's other tackle, Layla Collins, fits last year in that game in Dallas because it was just mano mano right and I I know that 
we want to make excuses. I do. I try to make excuses for them all the time. But, like, this is the NFL, man. And if you're not ready to call defenses in your second year and you were the 16th overall pick, like, we're not trying to, to harp on this too much. But, like, that's a, no. that's a red flag. Like, we – Come on now, you you were a top twenty draft pick, dude. There hold are. on, now I mean JJ Watt said that you know in Houston they gave him the opportunity to call plays and he wouldn't he's wish a that upon anyone. He's a, he's I know, a defensive lineman. I, I understand where he is on the field, but it's it's not something that is easy. It, it's tougher than than you than just knowing the playbook and regurgitating what he was. You know, the, he was an all academic player. He was, he was, I understand I thought he that. was going to be the, be and seamless. you probably made a couple honor rolls. I mean, do we, are <laughs> we I don't know about that. <laughs> Let's not go there. All right. I got to get an ad read in guys. You can gamble on this game on Sunday. I'm not sure if you heard about this or not. DraftKings Sportsbook. The Cardinals are a five point underdog at home. Screw that. They're going to beat the Ravens and uh, snap their 21 game win streak in the preseason, which is just, La- that's just laughable. Uh, black helmets, yes, please. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Make your first deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Trace McSorley to Trey McBride. Yes, please. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. I don't want to take a whole lot of flack for this, but I, I think that it's a smart bet to go with Baltimore in this game. And that's not... And, you're not a real just, fan. You're not no, a real that's fan. not. A, it's not about not being a real fan. It's it's about <laughs> what team actually gives a shit about getting a win in this game. And Baltimore, for whatever reason, it, it's kind of funny how much they want to win in the preseason. Now it's it's kind of become a parody of itself. And, and that's not an indictment on the Cardinals at all. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, Baltimore thinks they they're probably going to hang a stupid banner or something at this point. Cardinals haven't won at home since last October against Houston. <laughs> they're, they're thirsty for a home victory. No, they don't care about this. It's all about evaluation. It's all about evaluation for Cliff. If I'm wrong, I you know I I'll say I was wrong. But uh, let's also talk about something that's that's right. No oh, man, is it so right? Four Peaks, our monthly last Wednesdays, right around the corner. Join us all day at Four Peaks on August 31st for some good food, some good. F- fun and some great beer speaking of last wednesday we're announcing our next winner there for the enter the toast of the month sweepstakes go enter yourself at gophnx.com get yourself a 50 dollars four peaks gift card a phnx shirt of your choice and a phnx annual membership just click the link in the show notes here on the youtube channel or of course on our wherever you're listening to your podcast if you're drinking you must be 21 years or older and of course you want to do that responsibly Jordan P. in the chat wants some video from Trey McBride. Here's the deal. Uh, we normally have video from camp. Uh, we're moving <laughs> Dude, studios. Is, no, it I, I appreciate it because I, I feel well, like he people come to expect it. And producer Emma is right. not here. Your boy's producing the show today because we have a wholesale change that's coming with a fancy new studio en route. That's true, but it has nothing to do with why we don't have any footage of Trey McBride. Damon, you know this. Like, There's portions of the practice that are open and then Open. there are portions that are closed. And Trey McBride was bawling out while we, you know, didn't see it. But we saw it with our own eyes. I saw two incredible plays by the second-round pick. One, this is going to suck for the guy. Say it, but it was, over, it was over number 25. No. Yeah, it was, but it was more a great play by, by Trey McBride, uh, just plucking one over the head of Zayvon Collins. And then so another play. He mossed no. He was all yeah. He did moss him. He did moss him. Zayvon Collins was Pro Football Focus's highest-rated coverage linebacker in the history of their website. 
Is his college career just a farce, like a mirage? I, oh, I, calm yeah. down on <laughs> all of this. Somebody in the chat said something that I want to throw more here. dirt on his. Now we're going to talk point. more about it. I want to talk more about Zavin because that's what people want to talk about. Somebody in the chat. It was a really good comment here talking about how Zavin was overdrafted. Um, I don't feel like Zavin was overdrafted. I feel like that draft was really, really unfortunate for people not picking in the first 10 to 13 picks um, when you've got historic, it's a historically great top 10 draft. And then there's a colossal drop off. I mean, Michael Parsons and those guys went 10 or 11, 12, and then the Cardinals got really the short end of the stick. When you look at the players that went ahead of them and Zavin, I mean, they would have been on all, they wanted to trade up for JC Horn. They loved uh, Patrick Sertain. They loved Rashawn Slater. They liked all these guys. Now you can make an argument. Kime should have been more aggressive. You know, we know they were sniffing around the tight end that went to Atlanta. So I feel like Zavin was very much like, the, here's the mistake. And this is, this is the comment I was looking for. Um, the mistake would have been not trading down if you had an option to trade down. But I mean, it was, it was an underwhelming pick when they made it. It was a pick that came out of left field. That being said, I will not jump off the bandwagon until I get 17 games of him starting and I'll make an assessment then, Damian. Like, I can't – like, if he starts this year, I'll be able to sit back in January and just take it holistically and say, okay, he's on the rise. I feel good about this. Or this was a mistake and they need to make they need to make a decision this offseason. Yeah, I, I think – I'm in agreement, Johnny. I think we want to see progress from Zavin from year to year, game to game, from recognition to, to his performance, right? And, I mean, we could go back and forth on reasons why they picked him or reasons why he isn't productive or, hey, he should be at defensive end. That's where he looks naturally fit in terms of his body size. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking about the backers that you named, Johnny, like Fred Warner or even guys, you know, during my era, like Ray Ray Lewis. Those Mike linebackers are usually between, like, six foot, six foot two, and they could scoot. They can move sideline to sideline, and they're in the backfield getting TFLs. And I know that Zavin it was a workout freak, right, size and speed. And I think it's a it's a pro, it's going to be a process of him just figuring it out. And I hope he continues to to progress. I mean, look how fans were about Isaiah his first year and then his second year. Right. He was, uh, you know, Swiss Army knife and he, he could do a lot of things and he was making plays. and He was progressing right in terms of his playmaking ability. You saw his confidence grow. I think if you get that same type of progress from Zavin, I think that we're all sitting here at the end of the year like, OK, we're happy about that Mike position, right? You don't necessarily have to be a star, but I think if you show progress in the top three of your team in terms of making tackles or, I mean, I'm not going to say interceptions or anything. Let's just say, you know, leading top five in terms of TFLs, top three in terms of tackles. Hey, I mean, I, I'm happy with those type of numbers for, for Zayvon Collins this year. And just, just to stay on the playing field. I mean, that that's really what I think the fan base wants to see defensively played like 20% of the snaps last year, you know, that has to go way up. And I imagine just that. Well, that can't happen. I mean, he, that, that's yeah. a no brainer though. Like, absolutely. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think, I think Johnny, I heard him say 75, like it needs to be like 80, 80 to 90% yeah. of the plays. Like he needs to be out there in terms of value versus performance. Like that's, well, they don't have any, they don't have anybody else. Like if Tanner Vallejo starting over Zayvon Collins this year, then you know it's the biggest dumpster fire on the team. Yeah. So I think you can take solace in knowing that they haven't brought in anybody of a serious threat, right? Nick Vigil, I don't think, is a threat to play over him consistently. So for better or worse, the, the, the defense as a whole, it's a for better or worse. The cornerback room, certainly, uh, opposite 
uh, uh, Marcus Golden at linebacker. For better or worse, we're going to go with a bunch of these guys and see what sticks. So Zavin's just a part of that as a group, but I I have more confidence than probably I'm I'm showcasing today. I want to get back to this comment here, Bo, get your take on it. So Kyle Haley asks, or, or stays, I liked how Hollywood Brown handled himself in the press conference. So for those of you who don't know, Hollywood Brown, Arizona's newest acquisition or receiver, spoke to Bo and the media today about his arrest, um, about you know ingratiating himself into this Cardinal offense. And Bo, I thought he showed a lot of maturity. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, learn from it, and he's embarrassed by it, and he's a guy that never gets in trouble. So it's, you know, kind of adds a little bit more to it. And Holly Brown seems, you know, it's been a couple of days. It's been over a week. So, you know, as far as we're not going to truly see him like remorseful about it, you know, it looks like he's moving on and the Cardinals are moving on from it. But uh, you see that he's, he's a good, he's a good kid. He's a guy that uh, probably won't make that mistake once again. And yeah, he, as much as he could, because when you're in a situation, I would just only assume it's still an ongoing legal process. So he can't say, Hey, I was going 126 on the 101 southbound at seven in the morning because then they'd be like, "Yeah, you were." That's, a, that's an admission. Yeah, that's an admission of guilt. So let's just uh, we'll save it for what he can say right now about the case. But you know, now we're getting more into Hollywood Brown, the football player, and and how exciting it's going to look with him reuniting with Kyler Murray, getting out there week one of this NFL season, and and being that wide receiver one for this Cards team. You know, for the first six weeks of the, of the year. Yeah, guys, I think it was important for him to take accountability, um, acknowledge it, let it, Bo, as you mentioned, let it go through the legal process. And then all is forgotten when you score touchdowns. Yep. I mean, that, that's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the nature of the beast. I'm sorry. People love winners at the end of the day. They love I love winners. Yep. And they yeah. Lo- and they lo- yeah, they love stars. So all is forgotten. I, I'm not, you know, I absolutely – you know, hope that he learns from that lesson. I mean, one thing that Denny Green used to always say and tell us every day is that Arizona is a wide open town. Everything that, you you know, everything that you want is available and, you know, be home. Don't, don't be in the streets past midnight. So whatever it, you know, time it was, I mean, it's just things that people with experience, you learn to listen to. Right. And there's nothing good out there. And I mean, I understand, you know, I'm not going to get into the story about what time it was and where it was going, but it's just that, it, when you when you plan, you don't have to, and you're prepared. You don't have to make those type of immediate and sudden, you know, decisions, right? Like allegedly speeding, you know, going 126, trying to make it to practice. Like, I mean, you don't have to do that if you leave a little bit earlier than it. Then you have to. So, not to be the dad on the show, <laughs> you know, what I mean? the, 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 the I mean, we're, all, we're all dads. My, yeah, my seven year old, right? thankfully, can't drive. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I think it was good for him to take accountability, get people to look past it and just get him to make plays. You know, at the end of the day, that's what they want to see is those black helmets and Hollywood Brown making plays. Brian, I'm going to disagree with you here. And Brian in the chat says, Andy Isabella could score five TDs <laughs> in five weeks. All is not forgotten. Uh, I would throw a flipping parade for uh, little Andy if he uh, is lighting up Kansas City and uh, Las Vegas the first couple of weeks. Uh, I think uh, take a face turn uh, turn in wrestling uh, when you go from a heel to a face. Right now, uh, Andy Isabella is a heel once upon a time, as was Hassan Reddick, and it turned really quickly when you start to produce on the field. Uh, this is a great great question, get, dating back to our conversation about Vance Joseph. 91 Claycomb asks, Johnny Bo, how bad would Vance have ruined Micah Parsons laughing my ass off? Um, I think there are fair questions to ask. 
does does Vance Joseph put young players in the best position to succeed, especially within the front seven? Because I think he does pretty well with defensive backs because he was one. He, I think that's been his specialized position. I think Billy Davis probably has too much say, which is not a, a great thing. He was a failed DC for the Cardinals once upon a time for Ken Wisenhunt. There, there is something to be said about a defensive coordinator like a Dan Quinn, and I put Todd Bowles in this group as well, that can take a high draft pick and immediately make them a star. Like, I have no confidence that Vance Joseph can do that. Could it take a couple of years? Probably. And that's not what you want in today's NFL. When you're paying these guys nothing, we got to determine year one and two what Hassan Reddick is. Because the Cardinals fudged up, did not pick up his fifth-year option. He balls out, and he leaves. And they screwed that up. So are we going to do the same thing with Isaiah Simmons, Bo, and Zayvon Collins, where it's like, let's you know drag our feet in the first 12 to 18 months. We have this guy. By the time they've blossomed, we haven't picked up their fifth-year option or we haven't started negotiations, and, and somebody else is going to get the – somebody else right now, Philadelphia is going to get Hassan Reddick's best years of his career. That should be happening in Arizona. And Vance Joseph, to me, I, I there's some truth to that, Clay Comb, that I, I do feel like, Bo, I don't have a, a, enough trust to just keep giving him high draft picks. That's why I don't really care. Well, hold on. Let's be fair. I mean, let's be fair. Vance Joseph got was the last one to get his hands on, on Hassan Reddick. It was, he had, what, three defensive coordinators in his four years here in the desert. It was... There was a lot of turnover. You know, there was a change in scheme completely. They went from a 3-4 to a 4-3 back to a 3-4. And, and then he finally got him in the position where, you know, I think something clicked for Hassan Reddick, obviously. But, you know, is that on Vance Joseph? I mean, if you can give any, give a little credit to Vance Joseph for putting Hassan Reddick in the right spot where the previous coaches weren't putting him in the position to to succeed. So I, I, I'm not going to be too harsh on him. It looks like he's going to have a role for both Cameron Thomas and Maje Sanders, two young pass rushers who look good against Cincinnati. We even saw packages where they were both in on the, on a play, both playing left outside linebacker. So I think that, you know, he's learning from his mistakes. Um, I, I just think it's, it's maybe a little bit of a misconception. I, I know that. Um, and I think a guy like Micah Parsons is his talent is Teflon. You're not going to, he's so good. You're not going to be able to screw that up either, but let, let's, you know, Vance Joseph has done a pretty good job with the talent that he's had on his defensive side of the football to, you know, I know you're not big in analytics, Johnny, but to be sixth in DVOA, you know, to be a, a top 10 group for the most part that to bend don't break with some of those defenses and the talent or lack thereof that they had. I think Vance Joseph has done a good job as a DC. And if it's because he doesn't play younger guys, you can find frustrations, but it's with Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, who those are two are, first round picks. That's, very, that's, I know, that's but it. it's, that's it. but, he's, God, but, it, but, but, but the guys, I think it comes down to, he's not going to play guys that aren't prepared. Like he right. understands like what it takes to be a, a, a good, a great football player in the national football league. What he knows what success looks like, Johnny. And what, what justice does it do for the Arizona? I Cardinals watched Isaiah organization Simmons and fans the shit out of he, other teams. In if you put Isaiah and Zayvon out there and they get murdered, what does that do for their confidence? That, that, that tells me that our coaching staff did not have a great plan. Let's just focus on Isaiah for a second. Isaiah Simmons was the one of the best college football defenders in all pro sport or all of college football. And yes, they didn't get their hands on him in the offseason. They didn't know what position he was going to play. But I, I'm sorry, I do not believe that another defensive. What what other versatile player like Isaiah Simmons has been successful during this COVID era? I mean, we saw Derwin James get paid today, right? Yeah, yeah. But he was and before he was great. that. His, he was before I think that. He went from the COVID thing. I don't buy that. At, I'm sorry. Like the COVID not thing. 
to, to drink out of a fire hose, to have to learn six different positions like Isaiah Simmons did in his first year. You're why not get why is he learning bit. six? Why is he learning six positions? Because they why want, can't... they want, at the end of the day. Well, did they pick you nine, Johnny? Well, no, you should play one position and be elite at it, right? Where? You you... Where are you putting them? I don't know. That's not my job. That's their job. <laughs> their job is to say, ninth, eighth overall, you're playing this position, and we expect you to be an all pro because you went top 10. And that's the game plan. I, the reinventing of the wheel, because you know, to kiss my ass if you believe that, he, that they didn't consult Vance Joseph and say, Vance, can we make this guy jack of all trades? And he's like, oh, you're sure not playing. Can. You're not playing Duke. You're not playing Wake Forest in the NFC West. You know, oh, there's not going to be those Clemson opportunities. Clemson was on national TV. And we want to talk about David Collins out of Tulsa. And like we, and it's Mark, Micah Parsons who's playing at linebacker U at Penn State. He, he was better equipped to handle the NFL. Guys, hate they, on, on Vance Joseph if you and want. And Michael Parsons runs a 4-4. I don't four hate four. Vance Joseph. But I, I think no, but and Michael Parsons runs a 4-4. Four four. That could be more of a situation like, hey, he can make he can make up for his mistakes because he's so fast, right? Yeah. I mean, you're in that difference of a tenth of a second with a 4-4 four four to a 4-5-4, four 4-5-6, five four, four five that can be another. huge. Why does Devondre Campbell come to Arizona and flame out at the end of the year and go to Green Bay and become an all-pro linebacker that gets a huge money deal this offseason? Why is – Jordan Hicks getting cut immediately getting signed to a nice contract in Minnesota. It's not just with the rookies. Now I think there, he has an issue with that position, getting the most out of it. I've always commended him. He's always been able to manufacture a pass rush, right? I think by and large, he's worked with the talent that he's been given in the secondary and the front three hasn't been great, but it's just so magnified because they've spent so many resources, free agency and the draft at, at these two inside linebacker positions and we have huge question marks. If anybody had to rank this position group amongst the NFL, they would be bottom tier. And they have used the 16th and the 8th overall pick on that on this group. These should be the anchors of your defense. We, we're talking about no money's being spent because you should this this is where your confidence should be. So I I want Vance Joseph to succeed. I wrote articles on GoPHNX last year about how he was doing a fantastic job. But I also I am irritated beyond belief that. He has been here for three years, and he has not developed one elite caliber front seven player. If you want to say he's developed Jalen Thompson, awesome. But give me one player in the front seven in three years that he has taken from 2019 to now and made them just a bona fide stud player. You've had three years to do that. You haven't done it. And now your your defense, in a lot of ways, people are saying, has regressed, and you're shifting in new pieces. So we're starting that clock up again. I didn't mean to get on my soapbox here about old Vance Joseph, but got me got me riled up, Bo. And I, I there's probably a, a, a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff too. That's probably a very real thing. Yeah, I mean, we don't. I mean, see, we, the, we see the Cliff left hand doesn't know right? what the right hand's doing sometimes, guys. And Vance, you got to make decisions based on salary and numbers. And I think that that was a situation with Jordan Hicks. Like they couldn't have. Isaiah competing with Jordan and they needed to get him out of here because they would have, they wanted to create the best environment for, 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 for uh, Zavin, sorry, for Zavin to be successful. And I think that that's what happened with that. And in terms of, we've, he, like you said, John, he's been able to manufacture pressure. I think he, Bo, to your point, I think that Vance Joseph does a great job defensively, but if you look at even last year, you lose some key pieces, you see, you have some injuries, then you have to start shuffling people around. And that's why, you need a guy like Isaiah Simmons to learn six positions so he can make up for a lot of 
potential injuries that happen on this team. And you have a guy that you can move around, play inside the box, play on the exter- in the exterior, or even single up maybe a rice- wide receiver sometimes. He's that's the expectations that the coaching staff that we get, you know, about Isaiah Simmons. A lot, a lot to can take. I, can in I there. tell? Can I tell ninety-one Clay come and, and I mean this the nicest way? Like, let's live in reality here. Like, can you imagine Micah Parsons? What VJ would do with him on the Cardinals defense? That didn't happen. Zayvon Collins. Can you imagine what we would do with the Patriots? Would do with the talent? It's like let's live in reality here as far as what the Cardinals are doing and, and the personnel they have. It's really going to be interesting to see what happens with Zayvon Collins. It's going to be one of the one of the most important things to follow along. Uh, this entire season from start to finish, the development of him. Because we've said it from the very get-go as far as his offseason, since Damian and I joined this podcast. He's like, it's going to it's gonna come down to those two top picks, those first-rounders, to develop and, and find their way at the NFL level for this defense to have any success, to, to make up for a key loss like Chandler Jones. It's just going to be so important for them wherever they are on this field because – they're relying on them. There's no safety net anymore. There's no Jordan Hicks. There's nothing, you know, that they can they can kind of fall back on at this point because they're not replacement, you know, caliber players behind them. It, it's Nick Vigil. It's Tanner Vallejo. It's it's not. It's the Cardinals have left themselves no margin for error, and you see it in how much they they invested in the defense. So it's it's going to come down to them and where they invested it as far as high draft picks, and it's going to be huge for them. And that does fall on VJ's shoulders, and it does fall, of course on Steve Kime and the scouting and the, and the guys making decisions in management. It does fall on everybody else to go get a COVID-19 vaccine. So we can all hang out this NFL season. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everybody five and up. Those 12 and older are now also eligible for the booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest to you, Bo. Let's all just hang out and pop some OGs and just hang out, talk some more I need football. one after today, man. Yeah, let's do it. We'll just imagine like all these different scenarios. Uh, it's endless. So, and we can just flavor our life up with some OGs. How about you enter the Flavoring Life sweepstakes? One winner will receive three. Three bags of OGs, including orange creamsicle, any of their tropical flavors. You can get a PHNX shirt of your choice, an OGs hat, and a PHNX annual membership. Sign up at gophnx.com. That's gophnx.com. And check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com. Instagram at ogsbrands. You can find their products, your local dispensary. You must be 21 years or older to purchase. Oh, man. Can we can we get some transactional news? I was hoping with the release <laughs> of our guy at linebacker, they would throw us a bone here. We would have a new player to talk about. Who knows? If they do, you know, we'll be here for an emergency pod. Bo is bachelor in it this week. His <laughs> wife, his son have headed uh, to Yuma. Bo's headed there Friday. Right. So, you know, if you're hanging out in your Bo's house, hopefully you got your COVID vaccine. Go hang out. Damn, pop China, pop you, some you OGs. You business out there. You I know, <laughs> damn. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. I just met Bachelor Live. We can record as many podcasts as we want here. <laughs> Uh, if you're watching, you can see it's crazy. I mean, look at that. Uh, whatever this is right here, it's my kid's uh, toy is still in the background. Check out gophnx.com. Get a membership. 99 cents for the first month. Eight ninety nine for the subsequent month. We have the best t-shirt in the history of this company coming out in just a matter of weeks. Check that out. PHNX Merchandise Locker. You will want to get it before everybody else does because I guarantee this sucker will sell out. It is so fire. I can't wait for you guys to see it. I can't wait to hang out later this week 
when we do our post-game show for cards, Baltimore Ravens, when the Cardinals smack around the Ravens, even though they're a five-point <laughs> underdog, which is gross. And what else is gross? If you're not a member, uh, go PHNX, and you're not subscribing to the PHNX Cardinals podcast because we do this every day, and we're going to be back manana. Do me a quick favor. Like this video. Share it. Subscribe. For Damian Anderson, Bull Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Peace.